This week's one-off with special guest Dominic Butzenich, Mad Men, Season 4, Episode 7, The Suitcase. Have you guys bathroom talkers? Uh, definitely. You, you talk in the bathroom? Always, yeah. As in we talk to other people in the bathroom? Yeah, yeah. like I'm not concerned that you... Do you talk to yourself in the bathroom? <laughs> no. Though? Like long conversation? No, I'm... So Dave, you like to talk to other people in the bathroom? Anybody, sure. I mean, not in the middle of certain acts that may be taking place in the bathroom. I'm not a poop talker. I, mean, I don't talk while I'm pooping. That's what I mean to say. Only pee talking here. And even like during peeing. No, I'm not a pee talker either. Uh, I might be a pee like, hey, if I know the person, but not just like a stranger. I'm going to strike up a conversation while peeing or pooing, but just like in the bathroom washing hands and stuff. Sure. Yeah. Oh, OK. I, I, I guess I was just struck at how odd it was uh, to to see these two women in the bathroom, you know, reapplying their makeup, having a conversation. And that's. That's not an experience that I have, but mm. I mean, in like in the episode, uh, what's her name? Peggy. Allison Bree. Oh. <laughs> Allison Bree, total bathroom listener. Like she was just <laughs> sitting there in the bathroom, just listening to their conversation, <laughs> and then comes around the corner casually. So I couldn't help it over here while I was peeing. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That is a bathroom listener is very creepy. Yeah, it's weird. It's a, mm. it's a bathroom eavesdropper. But, I mean, okay, I got a more awkward question for you. Okay. And this one, everyone's got to promise to answer awkwardly. I mean, honestly. Okay. <laughs> Are you a bathroom texter? Uh, yes. That... Yeah. Yeah, me too. We're all... Te- <laughs> we probably organized this whole show <laughs> with each other from the bathroom. <laughs> but one of one of the things that I find weirder and weirder as I get older is I'm a bathroom Instagrammer. Like, mm. sorry, I don't take pictures of myself <laughs> in the bathroom. That's that sounded weird. But like, I will browse Instagram while on the toilet, sure. and I find that that's becoming stranger as as the people uh, I follow move more into adulthood. Mm. And you're seeing like a picture of my kid, and you're like taking a poop, and you're like, hmm. This is a weird moment. That's exactly the that's exactly the problem that I face again and again. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm okay with that problem. What makes it weirder than just talking to someone over text? Uh well, I I, I guess when you're just talking to someone and it's just text, it's it's whatever. But like it it's as if like I went onto my phone to find pictures of Dave's kid while pooping. Yeah, no, I, I see I see how that could be weird. Like if you were an outsider and just like I guess if you were bathroom eavesdropping over top of me uh, and saw me, it would seem strange. Mm. Yeah, I think my my problem isn't necessarily Instagram. It's that I'm like a bathroom like reader. You know, I like to read in the bathroom. Everybody does, but now with the internet and smartphones, I can read anything I want while I'm in the bathroom, and so I always come out of the bathroom with more information than when I went in with, and so I have to resist this urge to like. 
walk up to the people I'm with and be like, hey, did you guys hear about the la 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 la? Because now they all know that while I was in the bathroom, I was Googling this like mass shooting that happened in the States or something. And I now have all this new information about it. Yeah, there have been times where I've been at work and I've been texting while in the bathroom and then I walked out and made a show of like Googling whatever I Googled just to be like, oh, wow, right now, after leaving the washroom, I got out the Google machine and I Googled this. I definitely wasn't doing it in the washroom. Yeah, that's actually something. Do you do that, Steve? Do you, do you like when you're leaving the bathroom, put your phone away so that when you come out of the bathroom, you can pull it back out again? Well, I put my phone away when I wash my hands. Oh, I guess that's true. Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, I think washing your hands is an important part of uh, of bathroom hygiene. Dude. Yeah, that's true. But then when you're done washing your hands, you don't pull your phone out in the bathroom. You pull it out outside the bathroom because you want people to think you weren't using your phone in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's a barrier. That that barrier between the stall door and the bathroom door is, is a no-phone zone. What about while peeing? I d- Urinal style, I'm talking. No, I don't. Come I don't on. look at my phone while using a urinal. Come on, no one else in the bathroom. You're in the middle of a text message. I actually, I actually prefer not to use a urinal. Oh, yeah. Like now yeah. that, yeah, now that we're getting into the deep, dark uh, parts of my soul, but I'm not a <laughs> urinal user. Yeah, me neither. As I get older, I'm just a stall user all the way. Hmm. Well, it, it allows you more time to be on your phone. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and with with the invention of of portable internet devices, man, I want to sit so I can just take some time and read read up, catch up on my RSS feed. Now you're planning your planning your urinary tract movements around around using a phone. That's weird. Uh, is it any weirder than the way that you pretend to Google something when you're in the bathroom, <laughs> just so your friends don't judge you? <laughs> Well, that's fun. I love talking about bathrooms. Uh, let's talk more about bathroom talk for the rest of this episode. <laughs> okay, okay. I got a question for you. I got a question for both of you. Mm-hmm. This is a hypothetical, I guess, because mm-hmm. neither of us really know what goes on in the world of ad men. But do ad men or ad people really act things out for each other in like charade style, like skits, like in the office? Like I understand, like I get the drawing things and showing like like storyboards, but do they like act it out with props and stuff? I it seems believable to me given I mean, I what is this the sixties when this is taking place? It like it seems like, you know, the television is still relatively new, commercials are still relatively new. They're you know, they're they're excited by the idea of, of showing I don't know. What do you think, Don? I wanna believe I think they don't, but I wanna believe they do. Is it important for your innocence, Dom, that you believe? <laughs> it's yeah. It it tells me that even though these people have more money than know what they or they know what to do with, they they can still have fun. They can still play pretend in their office. Yeah, there is a certain whimsy about it. Like like, how do they come up with commercials? It's like, well, a bunch of guys get together in a room and they act it out like they, improv. <laughs> they do improv together. <laughs> yeah. Really terrible improv. Terrible. Now. Yeah, it was a pretty terrible ad. Mm-hmm. But like that's that's the thing that I kind of I, I like about it is that I feel like that's the maybe the first time that they've acted it out and like you're you're seeing how dumb it is in real time as they realize how dumb it is. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Because like imagine them not in their boss's office acting out a little skit version of the ad like practicing. 
Yeah, that is even sadder than, <laughs> than them doing it for their boss. Yeah, it is the only time that they acted out, right? The rest of the time, they just show each other pictures. Yeah, yeah, they just, you know, little little chalk, or sorry, chalk, uh, charcoal drawings, which, man, they're really good artists. I, I don't understand how they can possibly put so much time into something that might be rejected. Yeah, very easily rejected, too. Just like, yeah. Nah, nah. This is crap, this is crap, this is crap. Well, I mean, like, that's what having a job is. <clears throat> I like the idea that Don Draper's character in Mad Men, who's like, like, I think I think at this point he's like famously like the coolest man, right? Like, like the character, everyone he's so cool, he's so manly, he's so tough, he's so sexy in and everything. In show or out of show? Uh, in show, like the character Don Draper is like this, like, yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, held up on this pedestal of, of sexiness. And yet the character of Don Draper is like a good artist, like drawer. So at some point in his life, he must have like been alone, like in a corner drawing or like been made fun of and just like escaped into his fantasies of drawing, which I think is a nice like, you know, it adds some depth to the character of Don Draper. <laughs> Are, do you do you do any drawing or painting, Dom? No, I'm so bad at it. I think that any drawing <laughs> that I did ended with the period of my life that required notebooks for class because mm. that i was a doodler i was a firm doodler and now the doodles are done the doodles are done that's so sad when you put it like that mm-hmm. that's, <laughs> that's almost as sad an image as dave texting by the urinal now <laughs> i just write binary down on my computer table desk my desk <laughs> <laughs> i uh <laughs> I uh, I also use Siri while at urinals too. I, I dictate. Oh my no, god! Don't. Yeah, I dictate. That's a hilarious pun, by I, the way. I know I dictate uh, <laughs> while I while I dictate. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> and uh, anyway, uh, do I draw? I I I don't really draw. I I I was a doodler, of course. I got I can draw a pretty decent cartoon sketch of my face that I draw on blackboards and whiteboards <laughs> that is left over from being in high school. <laughs> Uh, and then I did go through a phase where I was like learning, teaching myself how to draw a little better. And I read the book Drawing on the Right Side of the Brain, which helped a lot, actually. Hmm. First four chapters and I drew a picture. Uh, and so like I was getting better at like looking at things and drawing what I actually see. And so I did a few, I went through a stint of that. I mean, I posted some on Instagram. You might have seen them. Hmm. You, you're, you're, you're not a drawer, Steve-O. I'm, I'm just going to say no. that. I'm not even going to ask. I'm going to make that <laughs> statement as fact. It's it's true. I I don't draw, except in the last few weeks I've taken up painting. Oh wow! Abstract? No. Uh, no. Apples. Landscapes. <laughs> landscapes. Yeah. Wow. In landscape. Uh, sometimes in portrait. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's it's infuriating. Well, so I I was never really a doodler. Dave, you're right to point at me as not being a drawer. Oh, I know. And. <laughs> and and so what I thought was, oh, I'm going to just take up painting as this thing that I can do that isn't text-based, that can kind of get me out of my head. And what I've realized is how much of it mirrors drawing, which may seem obvious to most people, but to me <laughs> was a revelation. Yeah, that painting and drawing are similar to each other? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and as it turns out, I am not naturally... Uh, 
a master painter. Interesting. I, I don't I don't have an inherent skill at painting that is blowing people away with no training whatsoever. So. Yeah, I know. I know. I knew that. Yeah, we knew that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if you're getting better at drawing, now all you need to do is be a little sexist, a little racist, mm-hmm. and a little anti-Semitic, mm-hmm. and then you could be an ad man. <laughs> it's true. They are bad people. Yeah, I think that's part of the whole concept of the show, isn't it? That they're all a bunch of bad people. It's weird. What is? It's, it's weird that they're, I mean, it seems that they are all supposed to be bad people, but then there will be offhand anti-Semitic remarks thrown in <laughs> just for the sake of, you know, coloring the scene with the period. But you'll be like, oh my God, like that <laughs> that was a joke that used racism in a real context, but also was supposed to be funny to us because it's racist. That was weird. And like, yeah, like, and, but in this meta, the meta funny of it, that these characters would make that joke is what's supposed to be funny to us. But that's, it's weird. It was, it was very, I don't know. What what do you think, steve Well, so right off the top, there's, there's a really early line from Don's secretary. And she says, mm-hmm. if I wanted to see two Negroes mm-hmm. fight, mm-hmm. I'd throw a dollar bill out the window. Yeah. And I had to pause because she didn't say it as a joke. She didn't like it was it was not a laugh line. It was just something that she casually stated about her her feelings towards uh, black people. And I was so taken out of 2017 immediately. Yeah. And it was this. I don't know. I don't know if it was necessary. I, don't, I think if they didn't have any racist, sexist or anti-Semitic jokes, I wouldn't have been like, this doesn't feel like the 50s. <laughs> you know? I would have been like, man, okay, it's a TV show. This is great. Because uh, every time it happened, it didn't make it feel more like that time period. It took me out of the show and made me feel more like I was in my time period. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? See, and I, I felt it was the opposite, where it reminded me how far from my time period this show was. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it did that. But I don't think it did it in a good way. I think it did it in a way that took me out of the show and I stopped. I, 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 it, I did not enjoy those moments. Well, I mean, Dom, did you enjoy the racism? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for asking, Steve. Because <laughs> I really loved it. That's what he's about um, to say. <laughs> no, no, I did not enjoy the racism. I don't know what I really thought of the racism because it didn't necessarily take me out of it, but it did remind me that I was watching a show about the past period and I wondered if that was the intention. It kind of seems like, it kind of seems winky. Like the showrunner is saying, all right, throw throw, a, throw the N-word in there and then I have a character turn and wink at the audience like, oh, you're not racist anymore. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Because since then we've totally solved racism, yeah. right, guys? Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's no such thing as race anymore. Like I think, I think contemporary America is a good example of that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't think it had the effect on me that they meant it to have. Well, I, so this is going to sound really dumb, but it made me think of Lord of the Rings. Oh my God, you're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> well, what it, what it made me think about is is the way that. Uh, the the kind of casual racism that in Tolkien towards the different races. So you know, elves and dwarves have this intense racism towards each other, and and elves and humans. There's this this relationship, but there's never intra racial b- boundaries and barriers. 
Like it's not as if that there are there are different kinds of uh, elves that are that are treated worse because of their skin color or something like that. Mm, yeah. Or mm. it's not it's not as if there are are black humans in Tolkien's world who who have a harder time of it than than the white humans. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there is some of that within the hobbits. Oh yeah. You know. Those other Baggins, those other Bagginses from wherever they called it, Sackville Bagginses, the Sackville Bagginses, uh, and there's different kinds of hobbits with like hairier feet and less hairy feet, you know, the proud and foots. where they come from, like whether they're uh, right in the Shire or live on the boundaries, and yeah. Although I think the movie takes out a lot of that, but yeah. in the book, there's a lot more talk of like over the river and stuff. Okay, so I guess it didn't make me think of Lord of the Rings. Then. No, but the hobbits are like the most human of all the characters. They're supposed to represent the English. It's true. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I, think, um, I think it brings up a good point that Don Draper talks about in the show, actually. is like He makes the point that something good and something awful are really close together. <laughs> Which, I, when he said it, I was like, oh, that's nice. And I thought about it, and I was like, that's not true. Is it? Is it true that something good and something awful are close together? How true is that? It's true to him. Oh, look at, look at Dom. <laughs> you know, yeah, we all have seven. our personal truths, blah, 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 blah. I, well, I, I think that his point when it comes to a good idea is entirely valid, you know? Like there, there, I think there is a, a fine line between that great idea that everyone is going to appreciate and something that just plays as a cliche or as tired. Uh, Yeah. I I mean, every idea they said, I could tell you if it was awful or not. (laughs) An elephant sitting on a suitcase. It's a pretty awful idea. It's not even close to good. I don't know. That's just awful. And so some of them, it was like, no, that's awful. And that's not close to good at all. Two suitcases boxing, one suitcase is knocked out. <laughs> pretty awful. Pretty awful. Yeah, a football field, I, a few suitcases, pretty awful. These are all pretty awful ideas. I mean, I thought the the best suitcase ad was his hallucinatory wife holding <laughs> holding the suitcase and I know. leaving. I totally mm-hmm. thought like, that was going to be the ad he drew at the end of like this woman like leaving with a suitcase. I was like, oh, that's not actually be a nice ad. And nope. <laughs> And was that who that was? His hallucinatory wife. That was his wife. I don't. I don't know. I haven't seen the show. I just assumed that it was his estranged wife because he seems mm-hmm. like somebody who has a wife who has left him. I think he does. Yeah. But he also has a few mistresses that have left him too. I'm sure. But I thought it was well, like his like. I, I mean, I've never really watched the shows, but I think it was his like whoever became his like mother figure in his life or his mom, and he just lied to her when he said he didn't know his mom. Oh. This is, what you get. We, this is what you get when you don't watch the show. <laughs> yeah, this is this is unknowable. We'll never we'll never know. Yeah. But I but I think that this that that kind of points to what I liked so much about this is the way that as a TV episode, it felt more like a play to me than it did an episode of television. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. It was almost all mm-hmm. in like one location, two locations, I guess. Yeah, like it, it, it only lightly bounced between locations, and it kind of had an act structure to it that is so uh, unlike television. Where television, at the commercial breaks, it's almost like uh, every every break for commercials needs to be this this dramatic moment that keeps you coming back for the next one. 
But there weren't any like those cliffhangery moments. Yeah, yeah. Like not even dramatic cliffhangery moments. Like here. Don Draper has to throw up again. And you're like, oh, does he? Oh, we better go to a commercial break. Oh no, is he going to throw up? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Don Draper had like the, the the craziest day in this episode. I think he experienced every human emotion. You know, like anger, jealousy, uh, sadness. <laughs> he went through like the whole scope of everything a human could feel. And then he wasn't even hung over at the end. No, he wakes up and he's just cool again. <laughs> yeah, I know. She walks in. I think that I think that's why she says that to him, right? She goes like, Wow, you look you look good. He's like, I freshened up. <laughs> like Don Draper's so cool. I, I think he's just very good at being an alcoholic. Yeah, I think I think mm. he I think he uh you think he's an alcoholic? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no, he just likes to drink every now and then. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he, and he, uh, I mean, not only is he an alcoholic and has experienced every human emotion, but he also has a connection with the other world, which I thought was fascinating. He could see beyond the veil because that he had the vision of his wife right as she died. Mm. <laughs> I like that you called him his wife. Uh, and then she died. Like you, you, you jumped around with who she was. A bit <laughs> it doesn't matter who she. He shot a woman with a suitcase who just died. Like at that moment, and then he woke up and then he called and she was dead. Mm-hmm. And that that's, he he can speak, he can see beyond the veil. I think in that sentence you experienced every human emotion. <laughs> I just had to hit sadness. Though. Maybe maybe his vision killed her. Maybe this is a far more supernatural show than we know. <laughs> well, it is. It's pretty supernatural. <laughs> but I do assume that every uh, every night of Don Draper's life and similar to this episode. <laughs> with him throwing up at work <laughs> and then going to sleep in his office and then freshening up. Yeah, I don't see how the I don't see how the show could function if Don Draper didn't fall apart every episode. Yeah. Because otherwise you would start to think that he was legitimately cool and he'd just be dropping casual casual racism and sexism left and right but then it would be like at at the end of the episode he'd just be like and i'm don draper and i'm having fun okay but no i'm gonna defend uh don draper here he wasn't the racist in this episode everyone else was all right yeah he was just kind of a jerk oh yeah right 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 his biggest problem with Cassius Clay, well, like there's some implied racism in there, but like that, you know, you don't have to say you're the greatest uh, if you actually are. Yeah. That, that line, like that's the closest he got to racism as opposed to other characters who were outright racist. Yeah, that's true. Okay. He was pretty sexist, though. All right, I guess he's a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the scene I thought was funny. Uh, the scene that I was like, I was like, this is this is only in Mad Men, I guess, would this scene happen. Like, let's go to a dark bar and talk about why I didn't sleep with you, and then find out that you had an abortion? Question mark. I guess is that what happened? Yeah, and I yeah. I imagine we know about that already as the audience watching this. I don't know, man. It was pretty. Uh, it was pretty like in the middle of this like rather whimsical and fun episode. Yeah, but like I think I think like that probably happened last season or something like that. Oh, okay, maybe I don't know. I just thought like well, that was the big revelation of this episode. Hmm. Like it. I, 
Well, I guess if he went to visit her in the hospital, okay, maybe it wasn't. I mean, it it just feels like that was a significant moment for her character and their relationship, and we probably would have seen it on screen. Yeah, I guess so. But he did talk about why he didn't sleep with her. Yeah, that's weird. I've, uh, hmm, have I ever had that conversation with another human being? (laughs) (laughs) Mm, I'm going to choose to not answer that question. Wait, Dave, is there a reason we haven't slept together? Nope. I'm not answering the question. (laughs) (laughs) Not taking the bait. Not taking the bait. (laughs) So I do have a confession watching this episode, though. Okay. Mm -hmm. I kind of like the work environment that they're in. Right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What do you mean? Like, I I want to... Like the layout of the office? Like, what do you mean by the work environment? No, I just mean like the, that kind of high pressure creative environment where someone just like you come to them with a half a dozen ideas and they shoot them all down because they're mm-hmm. dumb and they don't waste your time. And I don't know, collaborative creativity in a work environment. That seems like a lot of fun. Yeah, no, I, I see it. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, and like uh, you get to go over long lunches and work over lunch and you just drink all the time mm-hmm. and you get in, together and like. Do some play acting with your buddies. This is exactly what I imagine being a PhD candidate is like. <laughs> Let me tell you, it is a very lonely life being a PhD candidate. Mm-hmm. I spend a lot of time in my office at home wishing I could write more. But you work over lunch, you drink a lot. Yeah, I mean, other than the fact You're that... You're a mad man. <laughs> <laughs> PhD candidate, mad man. Uh, I mean, other than the fact that they get paid a lot of money, it is very similar to being an improviser. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I get to play a bunch. (laughs) I have some high pressure, stressful, I got to get it done fast moments and then long lunches. (laughs) It's very, very similar to my life, except I don't make any money. You act something out and then someone tells you that was stupid and the worst (laughs) thing they've ever seen and do it 12 more times. And then you you don't let that stop you. (laughs) See, but what I like about that when you compare it to improv is that their world they're creating something that they're trying to make endure and it has to last and be this perfect ad that wins them a clio or some advertising award mm-hmm. like it, i i just like the 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 creativity that that seems like seems like it's there in the job yeah the corporate create the commercial creativity mm-hmm yeah, li- like it, literally commercial creativity. Yeah, it it they make it they do a good job making it seem sexy even if you take away all the parts of the job where I would be bad at like the 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 drinking and the racism. <laughs> but that I You could drink. That, that's the intention of the show though. That's like the Don Draper puking in the office of this cool work environment. You know, it looks like it's going to be fun, but in actuality, it's going to tear apart your soul. Yeah, I guess it's like Breaking Bad in that way. Like yeah. Breaking Bad did make me think that I could, I could cook math. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. sure. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, sure, easy. And probably I would have been better at it than they were because you know they they seem to make all kinds of mistakes based on emotion as opposed to good business practices. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I got to change the subject for a second because we know we're running out of time. Mm-hmm. Did I miss something in that scene with Iron Man's dad? Oh my god, that's who he is. 
You know, the scene with Iron Man's dad, like the other old guy who was drunk the whole episode. Did I miss something? Because I had no idea what was happening in that whole storyline. Like, he came in, they started talking, and I had no idea what they were talking about. Did I miss something? Well, I mean, clearly you missed something. I don't know what you're <laughs> I mean, talking about. I mean, I did, but was it in the episode, or was there, did everyone miss it? So, I, like, I don't know what you missed. It was like, what was there to miss? What were they talking about? Does this count as a recap? No. <laughs> hey, let's move on. Let's move on. I was just confused. It was. It was just. Scenes. It was just to amplify Draper's emotional state that he had tickets to see this landmark fight, but instead he wanted to sit in his office and grieve over the coming mm-hmm. death of his estranged wife, mm. and also make a really good suitcase ad. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Now, if that wasn't a recap, nothing is. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know what I don't understand? <laughs> I don't understand why they didn't just go with the ad that Draper said in the cafe about, like, my dad always had a suitcase packed. And then he told me, what did he say? You gotta be ready to go at any moment or something mm-hmm, like that? Mm-hmm. You know, like that? Like, that would have been a pretty good ad. <laughs> really? You think an ad of a father who is ready to abandon his family at a moment's notice? Is yeah, a... yeah, that's tough. And then, and then, like <laughs> the uh, the father's walking out the door, and then the kid shouts, "Dad, I hate you!" and runs at him with a knife. And the <laughs> father raises the suitcase, and it stops it and doesn't even pierce the suitcase. Samson, <laughs> <laughs> Samsonite, Samsonite. Yeah, that or the James Bond thing that you mentioned. James Bond traveling mm-hmm. around the world with a cool Samsonite suitcase. That would have been amazing. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, but endorsements are lazy, Dave. It's not an endorsement. It's a spy doing some cool stuff with a cool suitcase. Didn't have to be James Bond specifically. Come on, guys, open up your brains. I feel. I feel like Dave, you and Dom both would do terribly in this environment. Not only do you have bad ideas, but you can't take constructive criticism. I'd be Whoa. amazing in this environment. Whoa. You can go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. Good. <laughs> all I have are good. All I have are good ideas. <laughs> it's real. It's gritty. It's dark. Yeah. People love it. I'm sorry about your boyfriend. Okay. <laughs> That was my favorite line in the episode, by the way, Steve, if you're wondering. That was your favorite line in the episode. I'm sorry about your boyfriend, okay? After they've been fighting. Well, you know, healthy relationship between boss and subordinate. Oh, so funny. I I liked, you should be thanking me and Jesus that you get to live (laughs) another day. (laughs) This is what I'm saying. I, I have always wanted a boss like that. I guess that makes me a... I don't know. A, a masochist. masochist. Yeah. Whoa. You guys said that at the same time. Cool. Well, I think we're kinda we're kinda out of time here. We're kinda running out of time, yeah. Any uh, any last thoughts? Um, I didn't understand why there was a mouse in the episode. Well, just to show that there's another way out of that room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> another way out of the room of creativity. <laughs> Dom, we might not invite you back for another episode. Symbolism. I see it everywhere. Yeah, I thought it was going to be another one of the ads, like a mouse with a suitcase traveling mm-hmm, the world, but mm-hmm. no, didn't do it, didn't do it. Suitcase, small pace. Don Draper's trapped in his mind. But there's another way out. A mouse. Man, his wife falling <laughs> apart here in the last two minutes. All like, right, well, <laughs> speaking... Sorry, well, let's wrap up then. Let's see. Uh, thanks, for, thanks for joining us, Dom. It's been nice to have you. I'm never coming back, am I? We'll see. And Steve-O? 
One last question. Open or closed? It's good. <laughs> You're supposed to say open. Oh, open, open, <laughs> open. And scene. Oh, boy. Cool. Nice work, everybody. Nice work, Dom. That was that was good. I like my ideas. <laughs> Open or closed? Open. Clouds rolling in off the East River Bank. Like a shroud. Next one off, Lethal Weapon. Season 1, Episode 9. Jingle Bell Glock. Fills the alleys where men sleep. As a shepherd from the sheep Voices leaking from a sad cafe Smiling faces Try to understand I saw a shadow touch a shadow's hand On bleeding 